Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America, The First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright, hate-watching Captain America with old man Andy. <laughs> I'm like the Red Hulk. That's, that's is red. that what you are? Uh, what I, I think am. Red Skull is what you meant. Just <laughs> Red Skulling your way through Captain America. Uh, today we are talking about Minute 94, which begins with flames and a motorcycle jump, and ends with an imprisoned Steve being brought into Schmidt's office lab. Back on the show, it is Jay Shepard. Hello, Jay. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Do you know, since we're talking locations and we're kind of, we're at this point, we're at the exterior of the Hydra headquarters. Obviously, the big cement structure at the head is uh, you know, digital. But yeah. do you know if the actual fight that they have in here was filmed in kind of the same woods that they were filming the, the motorcycle chase in? I don't know for certain. Um, that is kind of my assumption that it is um around the Bourne Woods uh area where they were filming the previous stuff. Though I also wouldn't put it past them to have probably um put up something in the back lot of the studio that they were filming at in London there and uh you know just have uh you know because they've got the vehicles around right they can hide kind of you know the fact that they're on a back lot and just you know throw a bunch of dirt down. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what we see here is like there's there's vehicles surrounding everything that's happening here. There's a big digital mountain wall uh, kind of on on one end, uh, we do see some trees, but all of that could be digitally added in here if they just uh, filmed this. Yeah, the the trick with modern movies is, you know, there's so much stuff that's digital. Even when you think you can see a sign on a uh, on a street, right? You're like, oh, well, this street says it's blah. I don't even trust those anymore. And sometimes they don't digitally alter them, and I don't end up checking the signs as my first gut instinct anymore. And then it takes me longer to find a location. Uh, that was, that <laughs> happened in She-Hulk. I didn't think that the sports bar in the very first episode would actually be called the, whatever the sports bar was called. I thought it was such a stupid name. Now it's an actual <laughs> sports bar in, in <laughs> South of Atlanta. Sorry guys. <laughs> the real thing. Never trust your instincts, kids. Never right. trust your instincts. <laughs> yeah. It's just how much of a budget do they have or how much of a time crunch do they have? I think right. that's kind of what it comes down to. Yeah, exactly. And a scene like this, I mean, this is a big action sequence. I, I mean, who knows how involved Johnston was for much of this. A lot of this likely was shot with the second unit. Um, and uh, so they could have been filming some of this even in California where they did some of their uh, reshoots, you know. So, I mean, who knows? Yeah, some of the reshoots, I know um, some of the reshoots were actually uh, the Camp Lehigh stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was some of the reshoots that they did in California. But uh, right, right. yeah, they're, that's the thing. You know, when they do a reshoot and for, for my site, uh, MC Location Scout, do I really say this, you know, two second shot of dirt that you can't really see anything uh, i know that for the fact this was a reshoot that was shot in los angeles instead of london at that point it probably doesn't really matter i'm i, I mean really i think people who come to a site like that looking for you know they, they're looking for the big set pieces right where was this really shot on tower bridge or was this really shot in westminster abbey or something right. like that um or did they find something else yeah right 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 well, regardless, uh, you know, 
the the way that this particular minute and the entry of Steve into this Hydra compound is pretty cool, and it does make me also think of the '70s TV movie with Steve on his motorbike jumping out of that helicopter because we've got you know a pretty fantastic little mo- motorcycle stunt here as he drives up the uh, conveniently diagonal wall of this uh, you know cement structure out front and over it and landing in the um, uh, kind of in the in, inside the compound as he starts taking on the hydro troopers it's uh it's i love the little motorcycle entrance here yeah yeah um, oh this is where you're gonna complain now <laughs> i thought you're gonna be like oh it's so cool i love motorcycle stunts no no so pete's on his grumpy you wanted more now. a minute ago yeah <laughs> i have no problem with the stunts I really, I have no, I love the jump. I love the jump. I'm in on the jump. My problem is, you said it, the conveniently ramped, like, protective guarded wall, like, that is just, like, who who designed that? Like, well, you, why it's would a, you? It's German architecture. It's, it, it, it flows with the mountain aesthetics that they have set up, right? So it's. You know, it's built into the mountains. It's supposed to emulate the Alps. Here's I mean, the are, are you not seeing that? You're kind of a serious guy. And so it takes me a minute to know when you're BSing me. And so I think you are right now. I just want to go on the record. It's terrible. It should have been inverted. He should never have been able to ramp his way up that. I wanted, I'll tell you what I wanted, more springy rope effects, swinging the whole motorcycle over the wall. I would have been down for that. Uh, but the whole rampy thing, and I, I just, I, that... That just made me, it took me out of the movie. It made me think, this is the worst secret lair ever. So if they had put spikes on it, like to keep the pigeons off, then you would have yes. been okay with that. <laughs> yes, Jay, yes, fixed it. You fixed it for and me. And then More Steve could have blasted them with a rocket to like get I rid think... of all the spikes to protect his tires. That would have been great. I think the, the other thing that we've learned is that uh, Andy uh, yesterday uh, can no longer be trusted in discerning buttons and functions um, <laughs> because he gets so mad that he can no longer see which buttons and functions are being pushed. So he uses his foot in this This one, right? Now, Jay, take this seriously. Uh, In this one, he uses his right hand, his right thumb on the top left switch, which I believe activates the autopilot function and then pushes the button on the bottom to turn it on. Is that what we think? Is this is I mean, this is like straight up early tesla technology if if i'm reading this right that's basically what happens here yes okay so and i don't think he's pushed those buttons in those combinations before correct well he right because before with his right hand which is what he's using here he pushed the top right button and then the bottom left button or sorry the top right switch and the bottom left bottom left button and here it's the top left switch and the the bottom center button so, yes. What yeah. we need to do is find whatever the equivalent of the Captain America cosplayer is that has built this bike based on the screenshots from the movie and double check, you know, so we could see it in its entirety. <laughs> right. I'd like to also make <laughs> yes, sure that there's do. a manual that goes along with it so you know exactly which buttons and which. Have they done a Haynes manual for the Captain America bike? <laughs> <laughs> I know they've got one for like the Millennium Falcon. You're Somebody needs right. To. Somebody needs to. This is needs to have. It wouldn't have to be a very long manual either. No, I mean there are only I mean, like eight functions. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, there's right. there's five different switches on each side, and so that makes me. Th- and there's obviously a combination pattern, like you know, top right, bottom left, 
top left, bottom central. It's like, is if they, if he does things in different orders, does that make other things happen? There's a whole one might think, Andy, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting anything overtly, but one might think this would be the right cause for a spreadsheet to determine the 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 totality, the number of functions and cross functions that you could achieve. I don't know if oh, you know how to win my heart. So you're a spreadsheet kind of guy. I see. (laughs) Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I see it already. So Uh, and how? That's right. Okay, so before the motorcycle takes off on its own, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about Steve and the actions that are going on here. First of all, there are Hydra Troopers everywhere. They all have the, the Arnimulation uh, weapons that they're all running around with. And uh, I just I have to say that every time I Did see Jay them. Did Jay know that? I mean, he, so didn't, he, he didn't show any sort of look on his face. And right. If that was the first time you No, I think the video's that, frozen. What what? Are, <laughs> It's my favorite thing. That's like the legit name. The Arnimulation, say it again. Arnimulation 99L Assault Weapons. Yeah. Whoa, where did you pull that from? That's from the Marvel Wiki. Yeah. You might ask. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, Arnim, Dr. Arnim Zola designed that along with the, uh, the Zolinator 2000X Assault Rifle. All right. Yeah, which you, you also see here. But most of the troopers have the Arnimulation 99L. That's the that's the one to blast the blue stuff. Um, that's a little out of my purview. So, uh, but that's <laughs> no, that's interesting stuff. You know, we need to talk to the folks over at the uh, IMFDB, the Internet Movie Firearms Database, and make sure that they start listing these completely made up weapons, made up guns. <laughs> I think weapons. that would really level up the site. I'm sure they would love to hear from us. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. I know this whole thing happens very quickly. The minute Steve lands on his motorbike, we're at six seconds into the film. And the very first shot of him racing past everybody is it ends at nine seconds. So we have a three second shot of Steve on his motorbike as as he first lands here. But I just have to point out some stuff that you start noticing when you're doing one of these shows minute by minute. One, there suddenly out of nowhere are three Hydra troopers who are on top of the very wall that Steve just jumped over. How they got there so quickly, where they came from, I have no idea. But there are three of them, and they're blasting at him, blowing stuff up. The other thing that I think is funny is that over the course of this three-second shot, you see three troopers get taken down. One of them gets hit, presumably, by the explosion from uh, a blast that one of the guys on the top of the wall shoots. The other two, though, like, there's nothing that, that... hits them and it it's one of these moments where again everything's happening so quick you're never going to notice unless you're scrubbing through it frame at a time but it looks like they were designed to get hit by things that just never got put in so there's one on the right who in front of a truck and he just kind of crumbles to the ground and then there's another on the left who's taking aim at steve and as steve goes by suddenly he he looks like he gets hit from the back and just falls over it's very funny and again so ant-man was helping him out (laughs) no yeah right this would be no would no it couldn't be uh michael douglas this would have to be his there would have to be an invented precursor to him even but yeah yeah, it's possible i don't know that there was a small at character uh at this time in the marvel timeline even in you know even in the comics so hmm. yeah yeah i don't think so but anyway it's yeah i mean i think the case that they would probably be making i think if joe johnson were here today our friend joe friend of the show were here today he would say well it's obviously the concussive blast of the 
of the like explosion behind them that's just knocking these <laughs> i can't even say it seriously they just fall down that's i would what buy that to if, say. if some of the other ones who are back there also fell down but there are others who are standing up they're totally stronger fine. they were alpha soldiers andy <laughs> they're just stronger stronger people oh all right well okay so steve sends the bike on his way and then he does this fantastic dive off of it he hops up grabs his shield and he dives at a trooper who's standing up on top of a tank and takes him down with a with the shield to the chest. Um, I love I love the move, honestly. I, and we, we haven't celebrated it at all at this point. I would like right. to call out the stunt work throughout last minute, this minute. It's fantastic. There are some seriously fantastic uh, stunt people that are doing some amazing things here. Amazing things. And it really lends to, I mean, the, the whole purpose of this minute is the straight up Steve against many like brawler effect that we get and how he uses this shield to such great effect. Like this is, there are a lot of guys and he's got to get in the thing and we get a lot of the pinballing shield. And that, I mean, I, I think at this point in the movie, this goes back to our central argument about, about um, how Marvel introduces us to new shiny superhero-y stuff from episode one of Iron Man. You've got to earn your wizards, right? They show us enough going on that soldiery in this movie and then we believe more thoroughly when they do the stuff that seems like magic. And that's what we get in this minute, using the shield, because we believe how much of a soldier he is already, and the shield's been in action a little bit. When he does things that are remarkable, the shield doesn't doesn't take us out of the movie. And this is the stuff scene. I was waiting for. I mean, this is the elements of the Captain America comic that I always loved the most was, you know, when he would throw his shield and it would, you know, ping, pang, pang across, you know, three different, you know, surfaces and strike some guy in the back of the head, you know, and it's all within, you know, that millisecond where, you know, he, he has to deflect something and then he throws it knowing that he's not going to get shot as soon as he loses his shield. But this is, yeah, this is just one of those really cool uh, superhero moments that's um, more definitively Captain America than the motorcycle stuff we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, it feels a little bit like they were still trying to figure out how were we going to do the boomeranging nature of the shield at this point, because I feel like later in the in the franchise, as it boomerangs around, it comes back so much more directly to him. And both times in this minute when he tosses the shield at somebody, it's like it bounces up into the air and Steve looks up and catches it as it comes down. And I, I think that's just an interesting element that um, I feel like they've kind of later decided you know what let's let's come up with another way to do this where it actually it you know he's so in tune with the shield that he can not only hit two or three other things but also on its return it shoots directly back to him for him to catch it like or it's the magnets stronger magnets. i need some better magnets here yeah there is a there is a move in this one where he he throws the shield, it bounces off a tank, and then he throws a guy up in the air. And I think if this were Civil War, the shield would have come back and hit the guy in the air. Like that would have been him Babe Ruthing and calling his shot. And it doesn't here. And I think that's good because I think to your point, they're still figuring it out. But they didn't go full Russo on the on the way the shield works. And I to I, I think that's that's good here. Yeah. I, I do like the one where he 
uppercuts the guy with the shield and you know the guy gets some serious air you know three four feet uh from under the chin as he bucks it up under him there so and the chin stays intact that's what you don't i mean it's jelly inside the mask but (laughs) well it's vibranium right so there's no (laughs) vibration it's it's like what did what was the in the script i think howard stark says it's like it's you know when you're shot with when you when you're hit with a or someone shoots a bullet at you, it's like, you know, getting hit with a cotton ball, I think is how he described it. That line was cut out. But yeah, that's essentially how everything is. Like, he's not going to feel anything. It's all fine. I I was looking at the way that he uses the shield. And this is that point where, uh, like you were saying, Jay, it's exciting to see him using it. I mean, it's very violent the way he's using it, but it Mm -hmm. all looks really cool. You know, it's it's, the interesting thing about Captain America is how much he not only uses the shield defensively, which is what a shield is for, but offensively. I mean, he really uses it as a tool to attack often, and he does it a lot here. I mean, he right. defends himself I mean, a number you of don't, times. You yeah. don't see that in other movies, right? I mean, that yeah. this is pretty unique to this particular character using a shield offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's it's very interesting the way that it works, and 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 it's it's fun to see. I mean. You know, he he hits people's gun arms with it. He, you know, cuts them across. I mean, I always kind of cringe when it's a hit with the edge of the shield, because I can only imagine how much that actually hurts. Like in like, Winter Soldier, when he takes the guy uh, on the boat. Oh, right on the sternum. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, it's it's brutal with those hits. And he does that, uh, you know, pretty early here. He he swings. Uh, across a guy's face uh, right at like 24 seconds into this minute with the edge of the shield into his chin. And I think yeah. that's what you were talking about, uh, Pete. Um, yeah. Like it's My the- wife does worry about the uh, henchmen, the goons, whatever they're called in this particular case. Uh, they're just called Hydra Troopers, yeah. Like about their safety and their recovery? Yeah, yeah, because it's like, this guy's the hero, but, you know, I'm sure he's like, he, I, I tell her, you know, you got to take him down because if they get back up, then they're going to come after you. So, yeah. And, you know, after being hit like that, do they want to survive? Really? What would life be like? <laughs> That's a dark thought. I mean, what kind of insurance does Red Skull offer too? <laughs> kind of coverage. It's, it's called carry. cyanide capsules in your tooth. That's right. The exactly. <laughs> that he offers. I was going to say it was Red Cross, but okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. That's. That's terrible. That's, that's good. It takes a second, but it keeps giving yes, that joke. Yes, it yes, just it keeps giving Red Cross. I do have a question because, we're, you know, he is surrounded by Hydra Troopers and vehicles and stuff. There are at, at about uh, like 15, 16 seconds into this minute, there are two guys who run past uh, in the back. And we'll see people dressed like this throughout, but they're basically in regular old military uh outfits and they don't look like they were they like the hydra mechanics who got caught in the crossfire here like they just look like they don't have weapons they're just out here and i'm like where did these guys come from and i'm trying to rack my brains thinking back to like the factory floor like were there some some hydra um you know assistants who aren't dressed out in the regular hydra hydra garb assistants like just straight up red shirts what second was it again i'm back about about 16 seconds you see the it's the the rosencrantz and guildenstern of uh captain america the first (laughs) avenger what would i I give for that movie i love that uh, and you do see them again as, oh, I see. as we right. get to the end of the minute. This is after the flamethrower guys, which we haven't even talked about yet. But as everybody surrounds him, you see them 
again on the top left and you see three of them on the bottom right so there are a bunch of these guys about i just i i was curious to know what is the role of these people here well you know if this wasn't world war ii i'd say it was these were the two guys from 1917 (laughs) (laughs) but if it wasn't world war ii i know i'm just saying like in, in my little fantasy world these guys have a mission like they're Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. That's exactly what they're going. These poor guys. They have a mission. They're like loading ammo clips. That's what they do. Well, if we look real Fine. carefully, maybe you can see the the one take camera crew running behind them as they follow them <laughs> through all of this. Yes. yes. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> anyway. Are you done with me? Are you yes, done with me? I, I Is think... that what you just said? <laughs> I think you're so... done with me. So. All right. So we got the knock on the door. Uh, how does the knock on the door work for you? Did, I mean, as you saw the motorcycle headed toward this door, did in your heads, like when you first saw this, did you go, oh, there's the knock on the door? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't in feel fact, like I too still... obvious or it doesn't feel too cheeky. No. In fact, I still contend that a, a, another funny way to play this whole thing is to go straight from why can't we go knock on the door in the briefing room to the motorcycle running into that door like that would have been an awesome an awesome cut like we we could have got done without the chase and without this fight before the knock on the door like this could have happened after the knock on the door and it would have made for a great joke like a great like immediate <laughs> one two joke so you're welcome, yeah because you could still have had this fight but you yeah. just start with the explosion is what you're saying yeah, yeah. Right. It, it still would have felt like they were really just next door though like like let's go around the corner Wait a minute. You think it would have felt joking. more no, next door? No, no, I'm just teasing. If we get rid of the travel time? <laughs> Your cantankerousness knows no bounds, friend. I know. It, it's, I'm, <laughs> I'm unruly today. That's right. All right. Well, I do like the knock on the door. I think it works well in context of what we're trying to do here in the film. And we've got him now blowing up the door with his uh, motorcycle that was on autopilot. We very briefly cut inside, which I thought was, uh, I I didn't think it was necessarily necessary to see, but I guess there's a level of us showing that, you know, there is now a way in, if that was the idea here. I mean, it doesn't seem to be the actual idea that they had come up with, but um, I like that it it shows that, you know, that motorcycle thing was rigged with some serious, some serious serious stuff. Yeah, for yeah, for me it was just that continuation of the momentum of the explosion as yes. we see the motorcycle hit and then the explosion continues to move frame right uh with the way that the motorcycle was going to just show the impact, right? It just blew whatever inside and you know, yeah. uh what knocked down one or two uh guards inside there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. No, yeah, it it's it's nice. I like the way that it's structured here. Um, and, and, you know, as Steve continues fighting, we get to this point in the fight as he takes out Hydra Trooper after Hydra Trooper, uh, with his shield, without his shield, whatever it is he's doing, he's doing a great job at it. And then we have the two flame troopers appear and they each have, uh, you know, flamethrowers on both arms and they basically, uh, set, set themselves opposite him so that they can kind of create this diamond shape of fire that Steve I guess can't get out of uh, lame on. Yeah. How, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I want, you know, how many times do you think they said that on set with Chris Evans here? It's like, it could have been the human torch. I think Joe yeah. probably let him say that. a number of times. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny scene considering that uh, the last 
I guess, superhero franchise we saw him in was as the Human Torch in, right. in uh, the Fantastic Four. Um, so to see him surrounded by flame is, it, it might be a slight nod to that. Well, we certainly had the the synthetic man earlier, which also was a nice little nod to it. So uh, Toro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Or not Toro, uh, the original Human Torch, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, my, my question, though, was, is there a reason that we should expect um, him to stop because of the fire? The question becomes for me, like, what is his intention? Do we really think he is intending to by himself go beat up everybody in Hydra, which goes back to my initial read on the minute like three days ago? <laughs> You're all days alone, ago, buddy. That he's all alone, right. right? Or is it as now I have been disabused of that poor reading of the movie that he just wants to get inside? Right. Like that's his objective. His objective is to cause enough of a ruckus that the door opens and he can go in so that, you know, events ensue. I I, that's I I, at this minute without moving forward. That's where I believe that we are headed. I I was I, I have a similar read that it was up to this point. He was just making enough of a ruckus. And that is a good stopping point where he's like, okay, I think I've got their attention now. Yeah. Um, they will take me to where I want to go anyway. So yeah. I'm just going to let them. Right. Because these are minions, right? And then that's, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah. And I mean, it works well in context of that. Like, I don't know if, if Schmidt were more of a level headed sort of character, sometimes I wonder if he would have thought about this a little more and realized, huh, he could have easily probably just leapt over those guys and, and, or thrown his shield and done something to get away from them. Should I be expecting him to be planning something? But I, I guess, you know, to Schmidt's, uh, you know, great uh, failure and is, is he has he's unable to kind of see that Steve might actually be plotting something. Right. And he because he's I, I do movie, like that if amazing. Schmidt was level more level yeah. headed yeah. and had thought through things, he is not. And he did not. Yeah. Because he's suck a path <laughs> and played played well like one like of course like this would be his because he feels like he is in this position of authority and power over his this now subservient other yeah you know creation from you know right the yeah super soldier serum. I, to, to that end as you're watching this though it does feel like for us the audience who's in on the we're going to knock on the door that's exactly how we're going to do it. It does kind of feel like, oh, okay, this is just part of their plan. He's letting himself get captured here. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And and again, it's this is a satisfying moment with that because you're like, oh, he's getting captured, but I don't think that, you know, they're expecting him, you know, to have, like you said, a plan. And it's going to be an exciting you know moment when that confrontation happens it's it just builds that anticipation for what's to come next right well and i you know i'm looking forward to tomorrow's minute because we're going to have a lot to discuss about the conversation that goes on between uh steve and schmidt about that very thing so all right well steve does get captured these uh flame troopers turn off their flames and lo and behold there are a lot of Hydra Troopers now surrounding Steve. Uh, it looked to be about 50 Hydra Troopers. There were two guys with those arm cannons that he ran into on the train, and, of course, the two Flame Troopers. And then, like I said, there's those five random guys, the the uh, engineers or the uh, the guys who change the oil on the vehicles. I'm not exactly sure what they are. <laughs> Very non-Hydra. The, the Hydra pit crew. Hydra crew, yeah. <laughs> the pit yeah. crew. 
Um, and that's and then we go inside. We're we're heading inside the uh, the headquarters to a familiar location. This is of course Schmidt's office lab that we have seen a number of times throughout the film. This is where Schmidt was getting his portrait done. Unfortunately, I was a little disappointed. No sign of that hanging on the walls anywhere. I was really hoping we'd get to see that. He must have taken it to his bedroom or something. Not exactly Ew. sure. <laughs> Who knows Ew. what he did with that? <laughs> Um, all right. And do you, do you want to talk at all about any of the start of this lo- this scene or do you want to just wait till tomorrow's minute? I say we hold it. Yeah. That's right. my vote. Let's hold it. Um, all right. Well, Jay, uh, remind everybody again about uh, about what you're up to out there on the interwebs. Well, you can find uh, all of the podcasts that I host and the writing assignments that I work on over at RetroZap.com. Uh, we've got a show over there called Enjoy Stuff, which is a... Uh, podcast uh techno retro podcast that we talk about 70s and 80s stuff and what we enjoyed back then and how we uh you know enjoy it today and uh we find the fun in everything there so no time for negativity all sorts of fun stuff uh if you like talking about you know scooby-doo or horror movies and stuff that's some of our uh, october uh listening that we had done recently so i shouldn't bring my grumpy get off the lawn persona no no we uh, i mean you know there is enjoyment to be had in that but it's more kind of like pointing at the old man you know yeah yeah and yeah. making fun of him i guess oh that's awesome well check that out everybody uh you can check out all of jay's uh projects over at retrozap.com thanks as always jay and pete thank you we'd be having fun if it weren't for you lousy kids <laughs> until next time true believers Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show. <laughs>